Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the kid that has to put up all the decorations. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. I'm dying. I can hear that. What happened to you? I don't know. Sometimes you just uh, wake up and you feel fine, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, this is it for me. Well, I know that the coronavirus doesn't exist in Australia anymore, so I I know it's not that, but... No, uh... this is some new sickness that i created ah right <laughs> your body's defense mechanism to australia even though you've been there for years <laughs> still not used to it it takes a lot you know what it's probably just like all right this is all right and then it's like fuck wait a second <laughs> this isn't america something's yeah. wrong where's wendy's <laughs> it was okay for like two years because you got that taco bell it was like we're good right. just kick the problem down the street for a couple of years and then it was like wait a second kfc wait where's where's my mcdonald's with you know my fucking i don't remember you said they had like beetroot or something back in season two i don't know it's true well i'm really sorry that you're dying brandon like i mean it's probably the perfect time for it though considering there's only two episodes left yeah so how was your week, Brandon? Anything sweet happened besides your new sickness? No, same old, same old. Hey, Pokemon Snap came out uh, yesterday? I think it came out Yeah, yesterday. it came out, and I pre-ordered it, and I'm still waiting for it. Now, did you pre-order a physical copy? Yeah, like a chump. Why would you do that? I feel like Pokemon Snap would be the perfect Because like, Amazon game. here lets you pre-order games for like $30 cheaper than it is on the eShop. Okay, well, how much is it on the eShop there? Uh, like a hundred something. No, really? Yeah. Oh, Lord. No wonder you're sick. You looked at that price and you're like, oh, my Dude, heart. PS5 games are $125. How is that? How is that even possible? Because. Have you considered saying that you're still in America? <laughs> I mean, between you and me, I maintain my American accounts. Ah, uh, right. Okay. I'm not going to tell Sony. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's that's like a bullshit, Nathan Drake man. busting down my door. I don't need that shit. <laughs> I looked at it uh, this morning. I was like, I don't know if I want to pay $60 for Pokemon Snap, though. I hear this one's longer than an hour, which oh, okay. is a huge improvement. It's supposed to be like 15 hours long. Oh, okay. Maybe I can put uh, some money down on it then, because I like taking pictures. It's just like, there's this bad taste in my mouth from like 1998 or whatever when Pokemon Mm -hmm. Snap came out, and I just can't get over it after, you know. (laughs) And it was like, oh, I finished that demo, and then it was like, nope, that's the whole game. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, Mew is the first boss. And it's like, no. (laughs) There's only like 50 Pokemon you can take pictures of in that game. (laughs) It's absurd. Yeah, it was back when there was only like a hundred Pokemon and they still couldn't put them all in there. Yeah, it was one of the most disappointing moments. I remember being at summer camp and somebody being so excited that they went out and bought it um, while they were at summer camp. And everybody was like, holy shit, because I mean, that was the Pokemon craze. I mean, I had my Game Boy there. I was playing Pokemon Blue. Everybody was like, holy shit, he's got it. He's got it. And then he came out of his cabin after he played it and he was like, I already beat it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. It was pretty great. All right, Brandon. Well, that's pretty much our week summed up. I think we should quit talking about Pokemon. All right. Are you ready to talk about the tale of the Midnight Magic? Midnight Magic. Did you just use air quotes? Yeah. You couldn't see him. (laughs) I don't want to see your face while we talk, so. (laughs) No, you definitely don't want to see it now. Uh, Right? It's probably all gross and, like, fucking snotty and stuff. Ugh. We just got done watching The Tale of the Midnight Magic. What did you think of this episode, Brandon? I thought this was a good episode. I felt the same. Especially this after is... the last one. Yeah. The last one, I feel like it was spinning its wheels a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, thinking, you know, does this need to be six episodes? Three would have been too short. Yeah. Six, maybe too long. But in the grand scheme of things, I think this story is playing out well. Yeah. I mean, in this episode, we got the, we're going to end this even though we know they're not because there's another episode, but mm-hmm. we're going to end it here once and for all, and then, no. Yeah, pretty much. I think that I like the way that it's six episodes because there's kind of like a multi-layered story in it, which is good. If it was just the Shadow Man, that would be a problem for me. One thing I like about this episode is it's pretty much all about how much Luke sucks at everything. Good point, yeah, it is. I think and he's going to redeem I like I like Luke. 
But uh, yeah, he does suck at just about everything. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I like Luke too. I think I'd like everybody. I mean, Hannah is. God, we say this like every episode. She's the worst of the bunch, but <laughs> yeah, she's not like the worst. Our weekly Hannah check. Yeah, still yeah. the worst. <laughs> she's not like Sam from Crimson Clown bad, but... No, 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 no. Just want to get into it? Yeah. Okay. Our episode starts out right where the last one left off. We hear Jay scream and all the rest of the kids running through the streets with their flashlights out. They all stop and they see somebody walking towards them. Everyone runs across the street except Seth, who runs the other way. And they're all hiding behind some bushes and the cars and stuff. And we see Shadow Connor walking down the street. So, Jay stopped Shadow Connor for negative 10 seconds yeah well you know what the problem is is that shadow man could just like poof you know around he, he could just kind of appear wherever yeah i think he moves in with the shadows <laughs> but hey whatever he wanted to be the shield he got to be the shield he passes by seth's bush and then turns into the shadow man who just kind of looks around growling it walks towards seth's hiding place but gabby throws a pebble into the street to distract it that only lasts a moment and it starts heading back for seth it rounds the bush and grabs his cape, but Seth isn't attached to it. We see that Seth slowly grabs his flashlight, then looks up, and Shadow Man yells in his face. Seth screams, then Hannah screams Seth's name. Gabby stands up and runs, and they just kind of run away because I guess they got Seth. I don't know. Yeah, Seth's gone. Move on. <laughs> they don't even skip a beat, though. Like <laughs> The kids make their way past the wooden signs and into the haunted woods, and Seth is like, they're just like, he's dead. Let's go. <laughs> It's my favorite part of the episode, honestly. <laughs> they don't even attempt to no. rescue. <laughs> just like we don't have time. They're like, no, he's he's fine. He's trying to catch up to us. Like, no, he's dead. <laughs> Gabby lags behind a little bit, and she gets surrounded by the Shadow Man, and she gets taken too. <laughs> oh. It's really quick. Luke and Hannah make their way to the Murphy's house, and Luke puts a chair in front of the door. He holds on to Hannah's hand, and the door starts rattling. Suddenly, the Shadow Man grabs Hannah's leg and starts dragging her away, but Luke grabs her hand until he can't anymore. <laughs> she gets taken around the corner and screams. Luke looks, but she's gone. Then he wakes up because, oh, it was all just a dream. Oh, man. Fake out. So, I guess Seth's still alive. Yeah. Well, he looks over, and he sees that he's woken up Hannah. Gabby and Seth so he is he looks around and we see that the kids are at Sardo's magic mansion Hannah tells him it's okay that he had a nightmare and Luke asks where Jay is <laughs> and Hannah tells him well that part was real <laughs> and we cut to okay, the opening credits so when exactly did they go from running to here I like to think that they you know Jay sacrificed himself and they basically just ran right to the magic mansion and then they went to sleep <laughs> <laughs> he's tired okay. the kids are tired yeah, man I'm beat <laughs> Like, what day is it right now? Is it Saturday right? Saturday now, right? I mean, they were just at the school dance that was during a school day, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. That must have been Friday then. Um, I was trying to think of, like, the timeline of this story. The first episode, I think, starts on a Monday. So they've gone almost, like, the whole week with being cursed. At Sardo's, we see the kids trying to sleep, but they're awoken by the bongs of a clock. Thanks, Alex from River for Rent, for letting me know that that's how you go. What you say, you know? Oh. Luke asks what it is, and Sardo walks in saying that it's morning. They made it through another night. He says he's ready and he has no food. I'm not sure what that was about. Sardo walks away, and Seth wonders what he eats if he lives here. At the table, everyone's sitting down, and Sardo pours uh, Hannah some tea. Sardo asks Gabby if she wants some tea, and she says, nah, green tea sucks. So Sardo pours some tea, saying, oh, perhaps blue tea then. And we see the tea he's pouring is light blue. Luke tells him, I gotta say, so Sardo's the one that's dropping bomb-ass tea on these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a reference, I assume, to the old episodes. Yeah, where everybody's like, would you like some tea? Some bomb-ass tea for you, sir. And now Luke's like, yo, give me some of that green drink from Phone Police. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a... Right down perfect. the sink. <laughs> While staring straight at the camera like, eh? Get this one? <laughs> Remember this? <laughs> Luke tells him that he'd rather have some water, so Sardo calls him boring and pours water out of the same tea kettle. Seth asks for a couple of different drinks, but settles on Surprise Me. And Sardo pours him some lemonade. Hannah asks how he's doing that shit, and Sardo's all, this is a magic shop, yes. 
He walks over and he pours himself some red mushroom tea, which sounds absolutely gross. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, do you like mushrooms? No. Okay, good. He takes a seat. Luke asks how this happened, and Sardo explains Luke used the Book of Shadows. Regardless of his good intentions, he used dark magic. And when you use dark magic, you bring more evil into the world. Hannah asks, so now the Shadow Man can look like Connor? Sardo puts down his tea, telling the kids, thanks to their spell, the Shadow Man can walk around looking like a Backstreet Boy. Nick Carter, to be precise. Um, so, like, the Shadow Man can change who he can look like, right? He can, but he doesn't. But he doesn't, yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if they did get Nick Carter for a second, though? <laughs> that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, that doesn't happen. But do, they, do these kids even know who the Backstreet Boys are? Probably not. Like, in 2021, what is the cultural legacy of the Backstreet Boys? Um, dude, I don't know. I mean, sometimes... I don't even hear their songs that often on the radio anymore. No. Well, Sardo says it's like a human armor protecting him when the sun's up. When the sun goes down, he'll turn back into the monster. But this time, even more powerful. Gabby asks why he would be more powerful, and Sardo says children are afraid of the dark. It's what he feeds on. When he takes kids, he grows stronger, and now he's taken not one, but two of your friends. That's interesting that he just grows stronger every time he takes a kid. So that means like the first kid he took was like really difficult for him, right? Yeah, and he was just like, come on. Yeah, he was like, get in this darkness. Please. And the kid was like, all right. The kids look sad for a moment before Luke complains that he should have saved him. Hannah tells him not to say that and Jay wanted to save us. He was a hero. Seth looks down saying he was their shield. God, they really want to hammer that in, even though I yes. just said that earlier. So my Shield, bad. like... A shield, you know? Like Captain America. Gabby tells the gang that there's still four of them left, and if they break the curse, they can bring Jay and Connor back. She asks Sardo if they if they have a chance, and he tells them, Logically speaking, that's a hard no. But logic doesn't produce magic, so I suppose sure. Luke asks Sardo to help them break it, and he tells them, No, I can't do that. For one, I don't know how. And for two, I don't want to keep looking over my shoulder every time I see a shadow. Gabby tells Sardo that he isn't cursed, so the Shadow Man won't come after him, but Sardo's all, that was before you turned him into a human. He'll hurt me and anyone who stands in his way. I may not be cursed, but I'm also not stupid. Hannah begs for his help, and he says, tell you what, you may all help yourself to one free item as you walk out, up to $10 value. Seth says 15 and Sardo points at him saying, sold, that's fine. I feel like you can get anything in the shop for $15. Sardo's lose on every deal. <laughs> Sardo was gonna sell that dark dragon potion for two hundred dollars. Yeah, but if that guy was like, "I'll give you fifteen, he'd be like, "All right, but I'm losing on the deal." Yes, yeah, you know it. I know. Yeah, you're right. Luke stares at him and says, "You know, for someone who owns a magic shop, you really seem to hate kids." Sardo tells Luke that he's been telling kids to stay out of those haunted woods for years. They go in, they come back out, and then they get taken away. You think I hate kids? Try watching them disappear. The kids all stand up, and Sardo asks what they're doing. Luke says they're going to see if uh, there's anything in the shop that is magical and that can help them break the curse. That's not a great reason to hate kids, but uh, whatever. They never listen. Does he, is he saying like he doesn't want to get attached to them because <laughs> they're going to die? I don't... Well, kids are probably primarily his customer base and they just keep fucking suiciding themselves in those woods. So, Well, maybe, maybe he should quit telling them about it. <laughs> It's his fault. He's the one that was like, oh, you didn't hear about this awesome fucking story I'm going to tell you? <laughs> you don't think they would just wander the, in those woods after dark on their own? Well, they hadn't so far in their lives. Come on. Till Sardo was like, I got this spicy story that you're never going to believe. And then the kids are all like, I bet you you're wrong. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Sardo's a monster. Either way, the kids are going in those woods. Oh my gosh, what if the twist in all of this is that Sardo and the Shadow Man work, and work together? I mean, they did in this episode. Hmm, spoilers. We cut over to Seth looking around and he grabs a magic eight ball. Hannah shits all over that saying that it isn't real magic, so Seth asks if Hannah will get enough signatures to pass the petition. He shakes the ball and it says don't count on it. Seth looks at her saying, I don't know, it seems kind of magical to me. We hear Sardo tell the kids that they're not going to save themselves with some kind of magic bullet. The only way to break a curse is to stop what started it. Man, could you imagine if they had a magic bullet, though? Oh my god, they'd be making smoothies. They could smoothies. have a bullet bash. <laughs> they could invite Berman over. Dude, remember when you got those magic bullets? Six oh. second guacamole. I love that infomercial, and I love the magic bullet, except I don't know 
where so brandon got two magic bullets one time and i took one of them mm-hmm. well, he let me have one because <laughs> i mean come on you got two magic bullets you got to share the love right right i don't i don't know where my magic bullet is but i did use it a lot so there's that's that. good that's good i mean that was like 10 years ago <laughs> well i don't know if magic bullets are still around but the, if the magic bullet people want to get in contact with us for promoting on our show i Dude, mean i've I been totally... promoting the magic bullet my entire life already I, yeah at least half of it right <laughs> So they, Luke suggests that they destroy the Book of Shadows, but Sardo tells them that the book's practically indestructible. Gabby tells the gang that they don't have to destroy the book, but just the Shadow Man. Luke wonders if that's even possible, and Gabby tells him, why not? We already know his weakness. Seth shines his flashlight on the table with the cups and shit, saying, yeah, lights. And that gives Hannah an idea, because she is so smart. Oh yeah, lights. That lesson we learned after way too long. I know, it took him almost like two full hours of show to be like, the lights are the way get it. We cut to the main part of Sardo's shop, and Hannah says that she needs a mirror. Sardo yells that he has a mystical mirror, so she she says she needs a sun catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, it was a nice little... She says she needs a sun catcher, something small made of glass, and Luke hands her a little cube. Sardo hands her the mystical mirror. Hannah tells the gang, light is energy, it travels in a straight line, right? If light hits a barrier, say a mirror, it bounces into a new direction. She uses the mirror to shine sunlight on the wall, asking if the gang is with her. They nod, and she says if light passes through something like a glass of water or prism, it does this. And she holds the cube up and makes a rainbow on the wall. Refraction. We all know how refraction works, Hannah. Luke wonders how the girl knew that shit. <laughs> and Gabby tells him that it's basically Except physics. Luke. They're in 10th grade, though. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not saying that this Luke's is like... Luke's like, I the... think you mean reflection. <laughs> oh, yeah. This it was... bitch. <laughs> I think that this would make more sense if they were in, like, 5th grade, you know? I think Seth should have been the one who was like, how do you mm. know all this? He should have been like, you're a genius, big sister. <laughs> uh, it was... I mean, it's not the worst. At this point, Brandon, I'm kind of just like, all right, all right, come on. You know, I, I don't care anymore. They made a potato lamp and called it like, like they invented the wheel. I don't know. Yep. Light makes light. Got it. Luke wonders how the girls know about this shit. Gabby tells him it's basic physics. Seth then gets his finger stuck in a finger torture thing. What are those called? Finger trap. Okay. Gabby and Hannah talk about how they can use prisms and light to create one ultra beam of sunlight. They come to the conclusion of the lighthouse beacon, um, which they don't use. I mean, spoilers, they don't use that in this episode, but whatever. The kids nod. Seth then gives us this dumbed-down version, so we know that the audience gets everything that they're saying. They're going to take a bunch of tiny lights to make one super light and use it to destroy the Shadow Man. You can also just use big lights. Like, they sell big lights. Well, they used one of the big lights at the school. I mean, there's spotlights... You can get, like, a halogen lamp that's, like, fucking yeah, the sun. Yeah, the sun, yeah. Well, they don't have money for halogen lamps, Brandon. Well, they don't seem to have any problem breaking laws. Just steal one. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> Hannah tells him exactly. Luke asks how it would work, because when the sun's up, he can't be hurt by the light. But when the sun's down, he's the shadow man. Gabe looks at Seth struggling to get out of the finger trap, saying that they'll set a trap. Lure him in while he's still Connor. Then as soon as the sun sets and he's most vulnerable, they'll hit him with every light they got. Then as soon as he's Nick Carter, he's dead. But Gabby tells him that there's still a chance. The camera pans to Sardo, who says that this just might work. Seth gets his finger unstuck with a gasp. And that's that. We get this montage of the kids getting things out of the shop. Like they're going to use that $15 to their limit, right? Luca looks around the shop. He finds some multicolored smoke balls. Hannah opens up a cabinet and takes out something that's in a case. Did you know what that was? Like, I I think it's the, like, staff or whatever that uh, Seth uses later, but I just look kind of like one of those fishing nets from Spongebob to me. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why she'd go straight for that. Exactly, yeah. Like, she opens up a cabinet, opens up this case, and it's just like this stick in there and something. And she's like, yes, this is exactly what I needed. Gabby grabs a whole tray of those glass cubes, and Seth picks up a box of everlasting light. But Sardo snatches it away, saying that he's already gambled with his life. He doesn't need to be playing with fire, too. Seth tells him it literally says everlasting light, which is exactly what they need. Sardo pulls one out, saying it's a trick match for parties. Find something else. He places it on a shelf, and he walks away, and of course Seth grabs it. 
Over with Luke, Sardo holds up a crystal on a string and hands it to Luke. But Luke's all, oh, I don't, I don't want a necklace. Sardo yells, it's a talisman and calls him a nincompoop. Mm-hmm. He'll need it to help refract the light and also it's said whoever wears it gets magical powers. Luke asks if it's real magic or just junk and Sardo's all, eh, just take it. Then he yells at Seth not to play with the chameleon because it'll bite him. Shit, yeah. So Tia and Tamara. They're in Sardo's shop. (laughs) Yeah, like, hey, why not have a chameleon reference? I mean, eh. Luke puts the necklace on and we cut over to Sardo, ushering the kids out of the shop. Seth thanks them for the free stuff, but Sardo yells that they'll discuss a payment plan. Even though he said that, um, whatever. He he stops Luke saying, how do you know he's going to show up? Luke tells Sardo because the shadow man always shows up. Sardo grunts and Luke says thanks. Sardo tells him not to thank him till it's over. We cut outside the shop and up walks Gabby and Hannah's mom and Luke's dad. And they all look pissed. But still no Jay's parents. Nope, Jay's parents don't care. And it's only nope. one of Hannah's moms. Gabby asks how they knew they were there. And then Shadow Connor walks up saying, Ooh, sorry guys, had to tell him. It's like, you old bastard. <laughs> We cut to Luke's room where Dad is freaking out on Luke, yelling about how he didn't call or email or even send an emoji. The best part, though, is that Connor's in the doorway for some reason, listening to all of this as Dad grounds Luke. Luke tries telling Dad whatever Connor said is a lie, but Connor's all, it's okay. I told him it was my idea to break into the cottage. Luke's all, what? Connor tells Dad that in Luke's defense, he didn't want to do it, but I just thought it would be more fun to ditch the dance and throw a party in the woods. Dad says it doesn't matter because Luke knew it was wrong and he did it anyway. He demands that Luke gives him his phone, so Luke does, and Dad dismisses Connor telling him to tell his friends Luke is on house arrest and it'll be a very long time before he sees the light of day. Connor slinks back down the hall smiling saying, see you tonight. (laughs) Dad yells, no you won't, you're grounded. (laughs) That was funny. But why was the shadow man just there? I don't know. I think the I first mean, thing the dad would do would be like, all right, see you, Connor. Exactly, yeah. I can only think it's because, like, Connor's dad's still on his little fishing trip. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Dad starts yelling about, what's this about stealing a car? And we hear Gabby's mom say, you stole my car? And we cut over to Gabby's room, where Gabby's mom is yelling at Gabby, saying, you stole my car, you turned off your phone. Gabby tells her, no, I lost it. And mom asks, what's going on? Since she's stealing she's lying and staying out all night gabby apologizes saying that there's a lot of things going on mom's all is that why you missed your psat this morning i don't get it all your studying and your hard work and you throw it away for what a fun night was it worth it your boss called he says he hasn't seen you since monday so it sounds like you want to quit your job now too i thought you wanted to save money for college but i guess you don't care about your future at all Gabby screams she does care, but Mom screams if you did, you'd fight for it. All you seem to care about is getting your license, and you can forget about Damn. that now. Mom then tells Gabby to take a hard look at herself and think about what she wants to be, because this girl is not the Gabby I know. We finish this trifecta up by seeing Hannah mopping the hallway with Seth slunk down all sad. She asks Seth to help out, but Seth's all, what's the point of doing chores if we're just going to die soon anyway? Good point, Seth. Yeah, fuck it. we hear mom yell less talking more cleaning and hannah sighs saying the sooner they finish the sooner mom might let them out then asks if seth can get her some new water seth tells her you know what the worst part is about all this i'm gonna die before i get a chance to join the midnight society oh man that is the worst well it is the worst for like a (laughs) nine-year-old you know what's worse than all the death and eternity of torture in a dark black void of nothingness What's i'm that, not gonna get to still tell spooky stories well you know what he's thinking of it the wrong way i mean i know that he doesn't know that he's gonna be stuck in a really small house or whatever but like they can still tell stories in there oh damn you're right i know and they like probably don't even need to like eat and go to sleep they can just tell stories forever exactly it's the perfect getaway Take me, Shadow Man. Unless you find out, like, what if you get in there and you're like, oh, shit, that kid's there? And it's like your school bully that you hated. (laughs) Eh, you've got time to bury the hatchet. Ah, yeah, I suppose you're right. (laughs) The dark void heals all, (laughs) Cortland. Okay. Hannah's phone rings, so she answers it, asking Gabby how she got her phone back. We cut to Gabby saying that she's on her laptop and Luke isn't answering, and they need to get to the shipyard before sunset. They gotta do it tonight, or they don't stand a chance. 
So she asks Hannah if they can sneak out, but she tells her their mom's got them on lockdown. She doesn't think they can slip out. Gabby's all, it's you. You'll find a way. Just meet me outside in 10, okay? Seth rounds the corner saying, we're sneaking out? How are we going to get past mom? Hannah walks into the hallway saying that, saying, just give me a second. I'm thinking. And the kids look at her mop. Then it sets the bucket of water. Then the ceiling. And we cut over to Gabby's house. Mom walks into her room saying she just wants to remind. But she looks at Gabby's bed, which has a note on it. She reads it and it says, fighting for my future. P.S. I'm sorry. And we hear the car turn over and start. And mom runs out of the room yelling, Gabby? Gabby drives that car down the road as mom runs out the door yelling, Gabby, stop. We cut over to Hannah and Seth's house where Seth is yelling for his mommy. Mom opens up the door and we see Seth is in his room with the bucket of water at the ceiling with him holding the broom up to it. Just like in the fucking first episode. Mm -hmm. Mom's all, ugh, again? Seth yells, don't get mad at me, you raised her. And mom yells for Hannah, but Seth complains that it's getting heavy. (laughs) So mom walks over, she grabs the mob for him saying to get the chair and that he knows his sister does this shit to him. Seth stretches his arm as, like, he stretches like, ah, got her, you know. She asks when he's going to stop falling for her tricks. And Seth's all, as soon as you stop falling for mine. Which is like, if I said that to my parents, I'm pretty sure I would have been whipped. (laughs) Yeah, he'd have been beaten to death with that broom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would have been strung up and, like, I would have gotten 40 lashes. (laughs) Look, let's be real here. I mean, this is a cool, like, callback to the first episode. Yeah. But there ain't no goddamn way that would work on anyone's parents. Nah. Like, it worked on Seth because he didn't want to get in trouble. Like, breaking the glass and then waking everyone up and stuff. But that mom would just be like, she would let go. That shit would smash on the floor and then she'd be like, clean this shit up. Yeah, for sure. She's not going to be there until midnight. Like, somebody help me. (laughs) Well, like, presumably the other mom is somewhere around there, right? Like, I mean, she may be at work. I suppose. It is, like, Saturday night, though, so I don't know. Well, whatever. He walks over to the door, and Hannah's there with her coat saying, ready? But I gotta sidetrack for a second here, Brandon. Seth has this corkboard on the wall um, to the right of the doorway. Did you look at it by chance? No. It's got a sweet picture of a stegosaurus, and it's also got this, like, silhouette of a man in a black cape on, a black cape and a hat on. And I thought it looked a lot like um, Father Septimus from The Tale of the Carved Stone. Hmm. Yeah. I seen it, um, watched Tale of the Night Frights on Instagram the other day, and I seen it then as well, so. That would be cool if that's what it actually was. I can take a picture of it and show you. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It looks very similar to me. So Seth turns around to look at his mom saying, fire of earth, smoke of sky, wish for strength to keep you dry. And he snaps his finger at mom and says, bye mommy. And she screams at the kids and tries to kick for a chair. And we cut outside Luke's house, where Luke throws Hannah down a bag from his window. She tells him to hurry up, and then we cut to the backyard where Seth and Luke's dad are at. And dad asks what where the ball went. And Seth tells him it's a super orb. And dad tells him if he's sure that he saw it fly back here. And Seth tells him that he's positive. And dad starts to walk and walk away, saying that he'll check the front yard. But Seth has like this meltdown where he's screaming and crying, and he wants his super orb. Dad looks around some more, and we see Luke climbing out the side of his house. He thanks Hannah for saving him, and with Dad, he pleads to God for Seth to stop crying. He hands Seth the baseball. He takes it. A car horn honks, and Seth throws the ball back at back at Dad, saying that his ride's here. So they quickly, like, overcame that obstacle of Connor being like, I got your parents now. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, Shadow Connor. <laughs> He's the worst. Guess you'll just have to murder them all instead. Hmm, I wonder if that's what he'll do next. He walks to the front yard, Dad following, and Dad asks, who's that? And Seth tells him it's, my, it's his mom, uh, his other mom. Dad waves and says, hi, Linda. Did you do something to your hair? And Seth tells Mr. Luke's dad, bye, and they drive away. Dad walks into his house saying, weird kid, and we cut to the Midnight Society meeting grounds. Kids open up the door and Seth looks around and say, whoa, this is where the Midnight Society meets? Spooky. Luke smiles, telling him that's the point, and the kids then get to work setting up their lights. Hannah sets up some movie lights with Luke. He's working with some tools with a a fishnet. Gabby checks on a couple of big stand mirrors and puts a blanket over them. Seth is setting up the glass cubes and multicolored smoke bombs. He opens up that uh, thing Hannah took from Sardo's and he pulls out like a tube and he shakes it and it lights up and he smiles. It's like another little montage. 
Yeah, it's a Home Alone setting up the traps montage, and I am all for it. Yeah, it was great. They had, like, the spider that blump, 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 was crawled around. <laughs> <laughs> the music in Home Alone is so good. I just gotta it say. is. It's, like, iconic for the movie. Yeah. Like, if it had a different score, I don't know if the movie would be as good. John Williams ain't no fucking slouch. Nah, he was like, a movie about a kid setting traps? I'll do it. <laughs> I like your John Williams impression. Ah, thanks. I've never heard him talk before, so. <laughs> you think he's just like, ah, this one's about the dinosaurs, huh? <laughs> Roll back the rock. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> John An ugly looking alien, you got it. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your Shadow Man Tattletale. Thank you for listening to our show. Whether this is your first episode or your 99th, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. Are you interested in supporting this show and getting access to bonus content? Become a patron today at patreon.com slash private island. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing. Can't wait for our coverage on the final episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's up now on Patreon, as well as the first episode of our new season. Find out what we're covering next. Higher tiers get more rewards, like bonus episodes, stickers, t-shirts, and more. For updates on the show, hilarious handmade content, and more, give us a follow on Instagram at Private Island Presents and at PRVT Island on Twitter. We do memes every Friday, videos and GIFs for almost every episode, and we watch full-length episodes every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Instagram. Check it out today. For a quick link to all of our socials, the YouTube page, our updated merch store, and more, check out the links in the episode description. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. That's all for this week. One more episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark Left. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. We cut to Sardos, right? He's reading the Book of Shadows, just kind of like, you know, Yeah, just some whatever. light reading. Yeah. He reads, uh, he reads, Brilliant, a curse that cannot be reversed till what was stolen returned first. There's a knock on his door and he yells out, Magic word! As he hides the Book of Shadows. We look at his wall and see a shadow crawl its way inside and over and out pops Connor. Sardo laughs at him, asking how he can help him. Connor grabs a sword, and Sardo tells him that that sword is not sold separately. It's part of the whole suit of armor. Shadow Connor points the sword at Sardo, saying, you're helping them. Sardo tells him that he doesn't want any trouble, and he's just a man who owns a magic shop. Connor tells him not for long. Sardo asks what he's going to do, kill him with his own sword? And Connor tells him no. And he sets down the sword, and he walks up to Sardo, and he grabs Sardo by the throat. And kind of, like, sucks the color out of him for a second. Yeah. Sardo tells him to stop, and then Sardo tells Connor that they're setting a trap. Connor asks for him to show him. I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, hopefully we get to find out, right? Yeah. We cut to the docks where Seth shakes the magic eight ball, asking if they're going to break the curse tonight. And the ball tells him unlikely. So he asks if the super light will destroy the shadow man. That also says unlikely, so he shakes it, asking if it ever says anything else. The ball tells him unlikely again, and Seth looks over and sees it's almost sunset. He runs inside, yelling it's almost sunset. <laughs> Climbs some stairs, saying hello? Uh, what's going on? And we see all the kids are sitting in their storytelling spots, and Hannah tells him to take a seat. So Seth does, and asks if he's in trouble. And Hannah tells him he's gathered in the presence of the Midnight Society. We hereby welcome you to the trials and invite you to share your tale. Seth looks around, saying, wait, Seriously? And Luke tells him, yeah, we all agreed. Curse or no, you're one of us now. Gabby tells him that we want to make it All official. of us, but the two of us who aren't here and don't get a vote. Well, they're probably sitting in the shadow dimension like, no, don't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> don't let my sacrifice be in vain. <laughs> Gabby says they want to make it official in case they don't get another chance. So Seth starts saying that he hasn't finished his story, but Hannah tells him, it's okay. We just need you to tell us something spooky. Gabby's all, whatever comes to your mind. Luke adds in, make us afraid. So Seth looks over at Luke saying, Luke, you're afraid to take charge. Gabby, you're afraid of people being disappointed in you. Hannah's afraid to tell Luke about her giant crush on him. And Luke's afraid to tell Hannah he likes her back. Gabby's scared she'll never leave this town. Hannah's afraid she'll never want to. He points at Luke saying, 
making the first move to Gabby. Red pen marks to Hannah. Landfills. Hannah looks at him saying, Seth Romero, please rise. Like, that whole... This, this kid's like nine. Yeah. That whole, like, Dr. Phil. He doesn't know these people well enough to be like... like if... You're afraid that you'll never leave this town. It, I thought it was dumb, but like, I don't know. It was fine, I guess. Just yeah. a quick joke at all of the characters. For some reason. The kids all rise up and Seth asks what this is for. And the kids then start to chant midnight clock strike, dark night flashlight. <laughs> I forgot to put commas, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> When the chant starts, but like they just keep chanting it for some reason. Hannah asks if he solemnly swears to keep this a secret. Seth does, and Hannah asks if he pledges his loyalty until the final minute. He do, and Hannah asks if he vows to never fear the dark. He does, and she says, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I welcome my brother Seth. The kids all smile. They raise their flashlights into the air, and they're interrupted by the growl of a shadow man. And Luke says, he's here. Good. So Seth is a, yeah, he's a Midnight Society member, I guess, now, hmm? Yeah, it's official. They did all their weird cult-like rituals. Yeah, well, it's what you do, man. We see Connor downstairs enter the building, and Hannah looks at her phone, saying there's only five minutes left to sunset. Gabby says none of this will work if they miss their window. So Luke says that they better not miss it. We cut back to Connor, strutting down the docks to the hangout. Inside, the kids all get into position. Luke grabs his crystal necklace from Sardo, and we see Connor walking into the room. He looks around and he says, I know you're in here. Is that a cage? You know, when I heard you guys were setting a trap, I didn't think it would be so literal. I appreciate you guys throwing me a party, but I don't have anything for you. Oh, wait, no, that's not true. I do have something. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for our very special guest this evening, the legendary Sardo. And he claps and Sardo walks into the room. Then Connor says, so why don't you all come out and we'll show him a little magic trick. He looks around saying, no, here, I'll, I'll show you a little preview. And he grabs Sardo's neck again, but Luke jumps out yelling, stop. And he turns on his flashlight and he holds it like a sword telling Connor to let Sardo go. Sardo starts to get up, but he's pushed to the ground and Connor's all, ah, Luke, the boy with the light. <laughs> the girl who remembered. <laughs> Gabby looks at Sardo, then up. So Sardo looks up, and Luke walks a little over, telling Shadow Connor to let everybody go and to just take him. Connor's all, that's very heroic of you. He takes a few steps forward, and we see a tripwire in front of him. He says it's unnecessary, because one way or another he'll get all of them. And that's the price they paid for walking into the woods after dark. Yeah, I mean, shit. That's what they get. (laughs) Yeah. Luke dramatically shines the light on Connor, who says, drop the... Drop the flashlight, Luke. If you all come quietly, I'll let the magic man live. We see Hannah look at her phone where there are only 15 seconds left to the nightfall. Connor takes another little step towards the tripwire, and Luke says, you said it, and he throws the flashlight down on the wire. Sardo and him duck out of the way. The net falls from the ceiling and drops on Connor. Hannah yells, now, and flips a switch, which turns on the lights. Gabby and Seth run to uncover all the mirrors and it all reflects the light uh, to one spot and into the shadow man he screams and the shadows come up and start turning him into the shadow man and he breathes a bunch and Sardo screams Luke the talisman so Luke runs over to the light and places the talisman on it and it shoots a rainbow at the shadow man and he finally emerges and roars a bunch which turns off all the lights and the talisman just gets flown across the room so if we learn anything, light's its weakness, but its super weakness is rainbows. It's more lights. <laughs> the kids all get up, and they see the Shadow Man grabbing Sardo again. And Sardo tells him, say goodbye, kids. Always say goodbye. And he winks, and he falls to the ground, because he's dead. Yep, Sardo's fucking dead. Sardo, like, he's all gray, and his eyes are, like, glazed over. And he tells the kids, say goodbye, and he winks at him. Yeah, he's not in the Black Lodge. He's dead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's just dead. He's with Elvis now. Seth screams, no! And he stands up to the Shadow Man, telling him to drag Sardo into the dark. Hannah yells no, tells Seth that he's already gone. But Seth tells the gang if he takes Sardo into the dark, there's still a chance to save him. The Shadow Man transforms back into Connor, and Seth yells at him again to drag Sardo into the darkness. Shadow Connor just says, no. And then asks Seth what he's going to do about it, calling him Harry Potter. 
He's going to throw your little light at me? Your little ball? You're going to flipendo me, Harry Potter? <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Seth pulls out that glowing stick from the montage saying, My name is Seth. Accent on the Seth. Which is dumb, but... But that's what we expect from Seth. Exactly. He's a little kid, so, like, whatever. I thought it was really cool of him to, like, stand up to the Shadow Man like this, though. Yeah, he's kind of the boss of the scene. He is, yeah. He makes, he makes Luke look like just... He makes Luke look like the Seth. He does, right? That's what I thought, too. He takes that stick and he spins it around him, and then, like, he, he like, hovers it around him, right? Like, he's not spinning it in his hands. It's, like, flying around him. Yes. He throws one of the smoke balls at the Shadow Man. It explodes, and he yells for everyone to run. The Shadow Man's back to his shadow self, and Seth throws down a few of those cubes of glass. He shines the flashlight on them, which causes a rainbow that hits the Shadow Man. Hannah screams for Seth to get out of there, so he runs over to Hannah. With Gabby and Luke, she asks him where the talisman is, but Luke dropped it. Gabby tells Luke that they gotta find it because the talisman hurt it. And we get this straight out of Jurassic Park moment. Oh my god, I I was hoping you were gonna notice that, because it is like, frame by frame, (laughs) recreation. Oh man, I like, kind of forgot about it until I just read, (laughs) it's fucking Jurassic Park with the raptors. (laughs) The raptor's in the kitchen. Yeah, except instead of two raptors, it's a single shadow man. <laughs> yeah, which is equal, I think. <sighs> he walks around a little trying to find out where the kids are when Hannah grabs, like, a metal ladle. <laughs> she bangs it out on the ground to get his attention. And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. It's, it's just Jurassic Park. <laughs> Like, I love it, because that is by far my favorite part of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, this is just straight Jurassic Park. Like, because then next, like, she gets his attention. She, Her and Seth crawl away before the Shadow Man walks over them. And they hide behind a box. And they crawl some more as the Shadow Man rounds the corner, but they're gone, right? Just like in fucking Jurassic Park. Well, not really, because I think in Jurassic Park, like, the raptor charges at him, right? And sees Lex's reflection. But yeah, I mean, it would have been great if the Shadow Man was just like charging. Yeah, if it was a stupid raptor. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, but like even the where they hide is similar. Because yes. Lex hides in like the pantry, you know, thing that she has to like pull the whatever down. But that's what they're hiding behind. <laughs> it's just... Yep, it's framed exactly the same. Oh, man. There's no denying that they stole that straight out of Jurassic Park. And I loved it. Loved it. Um, it's fantastic. So good. <laughs> if you're going to steal something from Jurassic Park, like that is the scene to steal. Uh, actually, you know what? He should have had the kids be eating Jello first. <laughs> <laughs> the Shadow Man growls. Have him shake the Jello. Oh, that's the real star of Jurassic Park, that Jello right there. Not going to lie. The Shadow Man is about to move that crate that Hannah and Seth are behind when Luke and Gabby get up and flash him until their flashlights turn off. Now they're behind this metal cage like box. So they flip the cage over and they hide behind they hide under it. It's like what you would see at a gymnasium that's full of balls, you know, like dodgeballs or something, except it was empty. Yeah. And it seems like a smart plan until you remember that the Shadow Man can just kind of phase <laughs> through anything. Yeah, like that's what I thought too. But he doesn't. The Shadow Man comes up and starts trying to pull it off. No, he kind of doesn't use his shadow powers to the full potential. Yeah. Well, he doesn't turn into any boy band members he doesn't teleport into cages like what does he do not really much hannah runs up asking seth for his wand so he throws it to her saying that um but you don't know how to make it fly she yells that she doesn't have to she runs up on the shadow man he she whacks it in the back with it and the shadow man turns around walks up to hannah and then poofs behind her she goes to hit him with it again but the shadow man grabs it and snaps the wand in half He starts walking up to Hannah, but Seth appears from behind him and flashes him with his flashlight, telling him to go away. The Shadow Man whips around and turns off his light, like, you know, because he can just, like, wave his hand and turn it off. Then he struts over to Seth, and Seth trips on a net. Hannah grabs him up. Luke and Gabby run by, saying, come on, let's go. But Hannah stays behind a moment too long, and she gets grabbed by the Shadow Man. She screams and gets taken to the darkness as Luke watches. I didn't think Hannah was going to be the first one to go. No. I thought they would go exactly in the order of his dream. Me too, me too. Yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be Seth first. But Luke definitely just casually is like, well, 
that's that, just like in the dream. So that stayed consistent. <laughs> it's like, well, there's the love of my life. Anyway. Luke runs back to Seth and Gabby because they're like in a different section of the building now. And Seth asks where Hannah is. And Luke's got a tear in his eye and he says, uh, she's just hiding. <laughs> Gabby says oh, again that buddy. they got to get that talisman since it actually hurt the Shadow Man. Seth looks over at Sardo's body and says that he sees it. He sees it near the mirror, but it's too far. Gabby gets up saying, quick and stealthy. The kids scream for her not to go, which is the opposite of stealth. And we get to watch Gabby run into the room and parkour all over the crap in it. <laughs> she does gymnastics, which is straight out of Jurassic Park 2. <gasps> I don't give it that. <laughs> no. Um, I like this, though. Gabby gets to, you know, shine for a minute. <laughs> so. Almost. She uh, sees the Shadow Man. She rolls out of his way. She grabs the talisman and she throws it to Luke. And the Shadow Man walks up to her. And snatches her away, too. Yeah. So, I mean, good job, Gabby. Yeah, she's good for more than stealing cars. True, true. Luke runs back over to Seth with the talisman, and Seth asks if Gabby's gone. Luke nods, and Seth asks if Hannah is really hiding. Luke asks what they should do, and Seth grabs the talisman, saying they should do magic. Luke's all, it's just a prism, Seth. Magic isn't real. <laughs> Except for, you know, the real magic that... You saw and are, like, living with. <laughs> no, no, no. Seth reminds Luke that Sardo said the curse was created using dark magic. So if there's really dark magic, then there has to be light magic, too. He tells Luke that he's the leader of the Midnight Society, and it's up to him to break the curse. Luke cries a little more, saying... <laughs> Luke... <laughs> Luke cries a little more, saying that he doesn't know how, and they hear the Shadow Man growl, and Luke says that they're never getting out of here. Seth pulls out the magic eight ball, asking, is magic real? He shakes it and smiles. He hands Luke his bag, telling him to take it, and there's light inside if he needs them, and tells him to please break the curse and get them back. And he gets up, telling Luke to run for the door, and Luke tells him not to go. I think Seth is a badass in this episode. He is. Seth yells, hey, treehead! And we see Luke run to the door. The Shadow Man goes after Seth. It quickly grabs him, and we see a magic eight ball fall and roll to Sardo's hand and it says yes definitely on it with luke he's running along the dock and he runs into connor's house he looks out the window to see the silhouette of the shadow man so like luke, seth gave him like five seconds that happens every time he could be yeah. everywhere so yeah it's pretty hard to avoid him he opens up a door and he looks inside but then closes it and we see the shadow enter the room and he takes the form of connor again connor's all i know you're in here luke want to play hide and seek right here right here i come um you got to remember though this is like an a, an adult man <laughs> yeah like, i know he's a shadow man or whatever but like it's his choice to be creepy like this right right you can't disguise him as connor i already know that he's secretly charlie murphy he opens up the door luke opened and he says so you like telling scary stories luke well how about i tell you one how about it luke want to hear a scary story we see shadow connor walking into connor's room saying Five little children in a fine little town. One went missing when the sun went down. I don't know where he gets this story from. Did he make this up? This little nursery rhyme? He either made it up or the townspeople made it up and he was like, oh, that's lovely. Four little children tried to play in the park. One disappeared since it was after dark. He opens up another closet, but Luke's not in there. So he continues saying, three little children tried to turn on the light. One was taken by a man in the night. Two little children in their shadows of black. One tried to scream when the shadow stared back. And he rips back the bathroom curtain. Because, like, this whole time, he's just kind of slowly walking through the house, checking all the rooms for Luke. Yeah. But Luke's not behind the bathroom curtain. Connor walks and finds another door to open, so he walks up to it saying, The last child left tried to run and hide, but your time is up, and now you're mine. He opens the door, but there's no Luke. Then from behind Connor, a brilliant rainbow flash explodes on him, and we see Luke holding a flashlight up to the talisman. He walks closer to the shadow man who walks into the closet, and he slams the door. Luke walks up, and the closet blows open. The shadow man walks out and turns off his flashlight. Luke tries another, but that turns off. He grabs the super orb, which gets turned off, and he grabs that box of matches that Seth took and lights one just as the shadow man goes to grab him. And he creates this barrier around him, and the Shadow Man can't seem 
to get through it. Dump. Luke's amulet is glowing and the Shadow Man just runs away and into the closet and disappears. So that thing is the everlasting light that Sardo said not to use, right? Yes. Why? Why did he say not to use it? That thing is badass. I don't know, man. I mean, the only thing I could think is that Seth grabbed it and Seth is like nine years old and he didn't want Seth to play with real fire. But like, I don't I don't know. Maybe it'll come up in the next episode. Maybe. Probably not. No. The match goes out and Luke runs into Connor's room and hides behind his couch. The door opens up and the lights turn on and Connor's dad says, Luke. And we cut to the kitchen table where Luke is sitting wrapped up in a blanket and dad's on the phone saying, what? He hasn't said anything. No, he's the only one here. I have no idea. Look, listen. I just got back from a trip, all right? And the only thing I know is my place is trashed, there's a hole in my door, and I can't get a hold of Connor. I just want to find my son. He tells the person on the phone to uh, get here as soon as he can, but I'm, I'm assuming it's Luke's dad, and he'll keep an eye on Luke until he can figure out what's going on. While he's on the phone, he's pacing around his kitchen, and he uh, turns around, and Luke is gone. So he runs out of the house screaming, Luke, come back. But... But Luke runs down the street and makes Come his back way. and receive your punishment. <laughs> this is uh, That's the real moral of the story. If you're going to get in trouble, just run away. <laughs> just let one of your friends sacrifice themselves and run. Oh, perfect. Yes, that is a great life lessons. Luke ends up making his way to Sardo's magic mansion, though. He opens up the door, because apparently Sardo doesn't lock his doors, and he walks in. He's crying. This part's kind of... Um, it's going to be kind of quick, because... Luke, he is upset, so he is, like, pacing back and forth, and while he's doing that, we get, like, flashbacks to earlier events. um, He's upset, so we watch, in real time, the entire series thus far. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Because, like, he's got to sit there and, you know, grieve and get upset and go through all the stages of uh, grief, and um, he's got to also think of what to do next. And we get this all with... This kind of flashbacky. I'm talking about this way too much. It's very, it's a very simple scene. <laughs> Flashbacks. Yeah, we get to see Connor asking Luke in his dream if he's afraid of the dark. Then Jay says he's awesome, followed by Luke saying that he's the leader of the Midnight Society and he's got to break the curse. Gabby saying if he breaks the curse, we can bring them back. And then Hannah getting taken away, which also happened in his dream, so that must have just weighed heavy on him. We hear Sardo say the only way to break a curse is to stop the thing that started it. Another flashback shows us talking about the lighthouse shutting down in 1996, which is the same year June died. And then Seth and Sardo talking about how ghosts have unfinished business. It tells us again about always saying goodbye. And then we get to see Sardo tell him, um, you know, to say goodbye with that wink right before he died. Luke looks around uh, Sardo's shop and walks over to the back room, and we hear more flashbacks about June Murphy and how important she is. Luke grabs some stuff to hold a seance, like Sardo's picture, and the board, and and stuff. And we hear more stuff from the previous episodes telling us about June and Charlie Murphy. Luke puts down the phantom light, and we hear Seth saying that there must be, there must be light magic, too. Finally, Luke sits down, and he says, Sardo, I know what I have to do now. I know how to break the curse, but I need your help. And we look down at the board and Luke gets a little frustrated, but then the planchard moves on its own. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. Seance shit. Yeah. Seance again. It's back, baby. Oof. Overall, though, loved this episode, I think. I think it might have been my favorite. Yeah. It had a lot of good action. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me that stealing that whole scene from Jurassic Park, like, that's not going to be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Home Alone and Jurassic Park smashed together. That's like some of my favorite movies. <laughs> so, it was good. It was good. Lots of action. I think it was the perfect episode to follow the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it really ramped up the uh, the stakes. I mean, the stakes are... Sardo's fucking... Di- I, I didn't expect Sardo to die. Come on. No. I thought for sure that, you know, everybody was going to get taken except for Luke and he'd have to go to Sardo and be like, like, which is kind of what he's doing now, but like he would, Sardo would have been alive and he would have been, you know, help me out here. Let's figure out what we can do here. But, uh, nah, Sardo's just dead and now he has to summon his ghost. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought like I was watching it the first time. I obviously didn't know at the beginning that when they were all getting taken, that that was just a dream. Mm-hmm. But when that was happening, I was like, oh, they're all going to get taken. And then this episode's going to like take place a lot in the dark 
lighthouse and yeah. we'd see all of them try to work together to do something. Yeah. But we didn't get any of that. No, but I think maybe we'll get some of that in the next episode. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Me too, me too. Because we haven't seen Jay in, 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 uh, he wasn't at all in this episode. So, I mean, we got to get some more Jay in this show. Because he's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I think the next episode will be, it'll have all of the kids in, in the shadow dimension being like, well, want to tell a scary story? <laughs> Let's talk about morals first. I want to say that before we get into what we think the next episode is going to be about. Uh, what, what do you think the moral of the story is going to be? Um, I think you were right with the sacrificing your friends, definitely. Yeah. Just have lots of friends so that you can keep sacrificing them and be okay. Definitely. I think that um, I think the real moral of the story was to watch Jurassic Park because it's a great movie. And Home Alone. Yeah. They both hold up. For sure. Are you ready to find out what the next episode is going to be? Yes. What's it called? All right. So this is the last episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It is episode 100, Brandon. 100 episodes. We're at 90. This is 99th episode that we've recorded. We're going to do 100 next Wild. Week. Insane. Uh, it's called The Tale of the Dark House. Okay. So, yeah. We're going to get some, some Dark House action. I think so. For sure. And Luke's going to, you know, cry his way through... <laughs> figuring things out while everyone else uh, solves it for him yeah they're gonna in the dark house they're probably gonna like set up some sort of force thing like what gabby used to open the door and they're gonna swing it and smash the door open i don't know i was i was on my way to work yesterday and after it was right after i got done my with my notes for this episode seeing the next episode was called the tale of the dark house and it hit me i was like oh it's not a lighthouse it's a dark house now <laughs> oh just hit me now too uh i felt so dumb because they're in a lighthouse except it's a dark house <laughs> all right i think that this episode is going to be great because i think it's going to open up more sardell backstory which let's be fucking honest brandon i think that's what we all want right so how we're tuning in i'm interested to know what it was that the shadow man like has on sardell like why he was like yeah, sure, I'll tell you where the kids are. Like, there's got to be something there, right? I mean, if it's not just, you know, I'm going to kill you, then yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, okay, Luke is going to hold the seance. Do you think we're going to get, like, warped back in the past of Sardo? Like, are we going to see baby Sardo? God, I hope so. Oh, I'm so excited for it. We'll probably, you know what, we'll probably see Sardo back in 1996. And I'm ready for it, Brandon. Jeez, that sounds awesome. If it's not that, I'm going to hate this. Yeah, like, I think that he's going to hold the seance. He's going to see, um, like, more Sardo backstory and stuff. It's probably going to answer some questions, maybe. Like, maybe Sardo had, like, a crush on June Murphy or something. Um, it's definitely going to go back to that key, though, Brandon. I, he's got to, Luke's going to have to go get that key. He's yeah, going to have to open gonna up the lighthouse. It'll be about the key. Yeah, he's going to have to turn the lighthouse on. That's going to solve everything. I don't know. I'm 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 hoping that it doesn't end with uh, the Midnight Society around the campfire being like, "It's 1996, guys, and that was my story. Let's go watch Space oh, Jam." I hope you know? not. I don't think it will. I think it'll be like them settling into their new uncursed woods, like yeah, sitting down, and it'll be like in I call this one the tale of the ghastly grinner again, again. <laughs> They can't do that. Ghastly Gruner's a thing in their universe. Yeah. I bet you it's going to be like the tale of Zebo the Clown or something. It'll be something. It'll be the tale of Closet Keepers again. (laughs) The tale of the even curiouser camera. (laughs) (laughs) We should just come up with terrible, like, (laughs) terrible sequels. I don't know. I think that's all I got right now, Brian. I think I'm done. Yeah. We have finished the penultimate episode of the entire show. Next week's the finale. I think that this season is like a... a, I think it's a positive part of Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, I get people upset about it not being Campfire Stories. I totally understand It's a different thing, but it's solid. It's fun. It's fun. It's a good story. It's a really... I think that the monster's really cool. The characters are pretty good for the most part um there's lots of references to the show which is what i wanted and um 
it's entertaining. I'm looking forward to what's happening every week. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. I like good it a villain. lot. If they continue doing this, I think they got a solid show going. Baby, you got a show going. <laughs> and, like, they already mentioned Vink, so, like, they have an in for the next season, you know? Yeah. I'll see what a Vink is up to these days. The son Rest of Vink. Yeah, the son of Vink. Rest in peace, Antager. All right, Brandon, I'm done. I'm out of here. I've been up all night. I'm going back to sleep. Me I'll, too. I'll see you next week, Brandon. Last episode, and then we can finally yeah. tell everybody what we're coming up with next. Yep, the end of our friendship. <laughs> yes. I can say, I can just say, you know what? Let's cut off that section of the world. Australia can just be, fuck off. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I can't wait to announce what we're going to do next. But that's next week. Yep. Bye, everybody. I'm out of here. Bye.